I need all the wins, yeah. Ain't no L's, I gotta get a no call to quit, yeah. Gotta keep on moving no matter how hard it gets, yeah. Better move out the way, cause I'm coming with harder hits. My head is as hard as a brick, but I'm harder than all of this. You better move, you might get knocked out, knocked out. You better move, you might get knocked out, knocked out. You better move, you might get knocked out. Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? And welcome to the Designated Spitters. Derek, what's going on, man? How you how you doing? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm glad this West Coast trip is pretty much over. Derek looks like he needs to sleep for about 12 months, like a full year, just knock out cold for a Wait, while. Here's the problem is that, like, I still have to get up at regular time, but with the West Coast, you're going to bed at, like, you know, one, two in the morning. So it just right. extends your day. So for like five or six days, it's getting four and five hours sleep, which I know some people can do that, but I'm one of those creatures. I need eight yeah. hours sleep or I'm not right. <clears throat> yeah. I'm and one so, of those. I'm one of those. Give me three hours and like a 30 minute nap and I'll be fine throughout the day. I, I can't do that. I eat way too shitty for that. I got to have, I my... probably got to do more considering I got my new porno look and I'll be yeah. starring in a few films in the next couple of months. But... <laughs> a good thing. They're only three minutes long. <laughs> I don't need no sleep at all. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. So, guys, what is going on, everybody? And welcome back to uh, the show. Guys, make sure you smack that like button. We do got a lot of stuff to talk about today, actually. A a fun poll that I put out there that I want to touch on because we know this is just going to continue to be a topic. But we're not going to go there first. Let's go ahead and jump into the breaking news of today. And that is that... Uh, Nestor Cortez is going to the IL. According to Aaron Boone, it's a probably. He's going to the IL. Yeah, They're saying it's a shoulder injury. He may need to miss one or two starts. What are your initial thoughts on that? Well, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, the way this team has been, you know, running through injuries the last, you know, I guess, I mean, really the last five or six years, but more, you know, over the last several days, seems like everybody's getting hurt. Um, you know, Nestor hasn't been great. Uh, this year he's been okay. First four or five innings, pretty good. Usually runs out of gas. Wouldn't surprise me if there's a little something in there in the in the arm. Mm. Uh, you know, hopefully they can get it squared away. You know, sometimes with arm injuries, just like a little bit of you know lactic acid buildup or a little bit mm. of inflammation can just really wear you down. And you just need like ten days of just no pitching, and you can yeah. feel better. That's what I think it is too, man. I, I think it's. A little something barking there a bit. His velocity's been down. They said that, the, you know, it's kind of been tough for him to recover uh, in between starts. So it's it, it could be that. It could also be the whole dead arm situation where, you know, Nestor didn't really have a normal spring training, if you remember, too, because he had the World Baseball Classic, yeah. and then he was out with a hamstring injury or whatever it was, and he missed a bit of time before he immediately got back on the mound. So I guess that immediately jumps into us probably having Vasquez or Brito make another couple of starts. Yeah. And, um, you know, Nestor threw more innings last year than maybe ever in his career, I think. Oh, and, you know, the, the minor leagues, he had thrown some, you know, 120, 130 inning <clears throat> seasons, but you know, that, that wears down on you. Uh, yeah. and you know, summer's starting to heat up. It's been a few months. His arms just getting a little tired. I think it'd be all right. <laughs> I think it'd be fine. And of course too, you know, those are those stressful innings that he's been throwing with the Yankees. Of course. Yeah. Um, postseason things of that nature yep another a little bit more of good news and it feels like we're continuing to get a trickling effect of good news 
And that is with Carlos Rodon, who is now going to be facing hitters on Wednesday. Originally, we kind of talked about what that will look like. How quick is he going to get back? Is it going to be a couple of bullpens? And, and, and it's it's pretty simple how this stuff works, guys. It'll go from bullpens, it'll go to live hitters, and he'll probably do another bullpen again after that, and then he'll get into some rehab assignments, if not simulated games in Tampa. So it, yeah. Or wherever they are. It depends on on how they go about that. But just more good news on Carlos. Yeah, the, the sim games typically are what the Yankees prefer early on because it's a controlled environment. So you can't have those 35 pitch innings. You can't have bad umpires affecting it. It's like, go throw 15 pitches, sit down, go throw 15 more pitches, sit down. The Yankees like to control that. I I think it's probably going to be about six weeks. I mean, I don't know when the all-star game is. I feel like it's, it's usually about around July uh, 15th or so. I think it's the 11th this year. I'd look for them right after the all-star break. Be my guess. And I'm okay with that. The only thing I've ever said is, if Rodon has not pitched come the end of July, early August, I don't expect him to pitch this year at all. Mm. If he's back before that, I'm okay with it. But if it tails on that long with what he has right now, that he's starting to ramp up, they said he was throwing 90-93, kind of just letting it go, wasn't full velocity, of course, but he had no issues. So this is multiple bullpen sessions thrown from 120 feet, with no concern on his back at all from what he's saying. So it's all good news. Um, Next step, we got to see where it goes from there. Uh, I got to get your thoughts on this, man, because I know you said you watched it so many times and it's an interesting thing to watch. Yesterday with Aaron Judge. <laughs> Aaron Judge just running through a damn fence like it can't even stop him. I mean, this guy is friggin' unreal. I, I lost my mind when he ran through. When I saw the door essentially get dented and break open i mean uh if only um you know it, i don't know if they had a lock on that door or what if, if that if that wall was made of you know brick or whatever Aaron yeah. judge would be dead right now he ran so hard <laughs> into that i mean imagine if if that was uh john carlos stanton running into that wall they oh, would have had to, they would have had to airlift him no doubt. To, to good samaritan no hospital about it i i you know i just I, the guy sacrifices his body he plays hard but i knew <laughs> the second that happened I started thinking he's not playing tomorrow. And the reason was he started limping right away. And he said, I'm okay. I'm fine. But you see that there's concrete below the wall. Mm -hmm. And as he's like going up to the wall, he, he, he almost like stubs his toe and, and like nails his foot on that concrete. Yeah. And uh, my guess is when he woke up this morning, he was feeling it. You know, when you make a play like that, a lot of people forget that was a play that could have saved the game. That was a humongous play. Oh yeah. Huge. And and the adrenaline's going, you're in the moment, you're on national TV, you're Aaron judge. You don't want to limp off the field. So he stayed in the game, but you know that when he woke up this morning, he was like, Christ. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny because when the lineup came out that we'll we'll get to towards the end of the show, talking about today's lineup, which of course guys is going to lead right into game season live. But, um, a lot of people were panicking. I'm like, guys, you do know, like, he just ran through a damn wall yesterday. <laughs> like, and Boone did say after the game that Judge told him that his foot was a bit banged up. For him to be off today with them having an off day tomorrow, as long as Judge is like, hey, you know, it does hurt. Yeah, take yeah. two days. Like, yeah. unless Judge was like, guys, I'm fine. Everything is okay. There's no issue. There's nothing else. Then I could be like, ah, you know, let him let him get in there. But he's saying, look, and, and you could watch that replay again. You could see what Derek is talking about. There's a long area on the bottom that both of his feet hit into uh, before he makes that catch. Here's what I wanted, and I know this is going to sound 
because I'm just I'm just dumb. You know, this is just me. I'm just dumb like this. I wanted the whole gate to come crashing down. <laughs> I wanted him just to boom right through the entire thing and it just all collapses. Well, that might have hurt him more because uh, then you got to contend would've. with the ground too. It's essentially two impacts. You might get tangled up in the wall. You could pull something. I just wanted that like action movie. This yeah. never happens in real life type of situation. Like fireworks just blow off behind it. A yeah. couple of explosions around. That's it. Everything. But still, I mean, a 300-pound man essentially running full speed into that gate. That gate didn't stand a chance, man. What did you say? It was like the Kool-Aid man. He just came yeah, out the, Kool-Aid. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just burst through the wall. Yes. That was great. And then there like the because it's like a chain link fence kind of deal, mm. there was actually, if you look closely, there's a shape of Aaron Judge kind of like indented <laughs> into it afterwards. The I'm man's unreal. That thing would it like do the outline. Yeah. You know, a lot of times the players would do like that little outline to come out there and do it early in the day. That would have been absolutely awesome. Yeah. But Judge is unreal, man. Um John Heyman yesterday put out, just give the guy the MVP already. I mean, if, if and it's funny with John Heyman of all people yeah. doing it, but does he want jo- Aaron Judge or Arson Judge? Arson, good old yeah. Arson, and maybe that's why. Maybe that maybe I wanted Arson Judge too. That's why I wanted all the bombs going off and everything yeah. else with it when he made the catch. But um, the funny the funny thing about Aaron Judge is, as long as this guy's staying on the field, I don't give a poot what people want to say about Otani. Look, yeah, I've always said I make this argument all day. Greatest player in the world, player. You can make a, a very strong case for Shohei Otani. He does oh, yeah. both very, very well. The greatest hitter in baseball, it's not close. I had somebody the other day say, Pete, what about Pete Alonso? He doesn't even deserve the same mention as no. Aaron Judge. They're not even the same. Pl- they're not on the same level as a ball player. Let's get real here. Alonso's a good slugger. Like he's a yes. he's a he's a Jay Buner type. You know what I mean? Like somebody yeah. who's gonna just mash home runs for years and years and years, but he's at best a two fifty hitter. You know, I think he's hitting about 238 right now. Yep. Judge is a legitimate 300 hitter now. I mean, Easy. he's been over 300 for about a year now, and uh, he still takes his walk walks. He's a phenomenal defensive player. I, I don't know what Alonzo's like on defense, but first base is a lot easier to play than right field. Right. You know, you're not running full speed into any walls. At right. You got to contend with dugouts occasionally, but I mean – Judge Lonzo would never make a play like that at first base. There's no, there's no. no scenario where he could save a game like that. No, he did hump the shit out of the guardrail recently, yeah. which I, I did see that. So he does have that in his favor. He humps the shit out of guardrails when his team is winning. So also, if you on, like that about a player I mean, on Otani, you know, I agree with you. He's probably the best all around player, just yeah. like in terms of sheer talent, but his team sucks. I'm, yep. I'm a believer you shouldn't be able to win an MVP on a team that sucks because it's I most agree. valuable. How valuable can you be if you didn't get your team to the playoffs? Yeah, facts. Because And, and people will always go, well, it's not his fault. They don't have a lot of guys around him. Hey, look, let me tell you something. Way better. Take take Aaron Judge off the Yankees. Yeah. Where are they? Right. I mean, there you go. That, that, that sums it up for you. If Aaron Judge is off the Yankees, they showed the stat yesterday. When Yankees lose, Judge is hitting like 130-something or like 142. When he wins, he's hitting like 380. That yeah. tells you all you need to know, that it is all about Aaron Judge when the Yankees win baseball games. Well, we watched a, a week and a half without him, and it was some of the most painful baseball I've ever seen in my life. I mean, to the point we were all screaming, every, like, something got to change, you got to get yeah. everybody at this point. Because We fired Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone everybody. probably three times that week. I fired everybody every <laughs> night, uh, multiple times a day. Even when I wasn't live, I was firing them at home. I mean, <laughs> I just fired people all day, but we got to get into this. And I think everybody's probably going to start getting sick and tired of talking about this. But look, 
as content creators, me and you both know, we're going to have to talk about this a lot. It's not going to go away anytime soon. And folks, that is Anthony Volpe. Yesterday, Volpe had a bat, and I tweeted immediately after it, where he stepped out of the box so much on a swing. His front hips were already open before the fastball got to him, and he almost fell backwards on an outside pitch. Yeah, That's how much he's opening up early. And I put this poll out there, and I'm happy it got as many responses as it did. Let me do an update on it right before we put it on screen, because right now it is at... 1,228 votes. So this is not a 200-vote poll. It's a pretty pretty good poll of Yankees Twitter. Sample size. Good sample size. Pretty good sample size. Are you concerned about Anthony Volpe's start to the season? 43.6% says yes. 56.4% says no. Hmm. What do you think about these poll numbers? Um, I, I'd find that my audience in general is way more than the opposite. I'd say probably 80% of my audience is vocal at least the vocal ones you know not mm. everybody's vocal not mm. everybody comments a lot of people that just watch a lot of people watch on youtube a lot of people that yeah. listen and never comment i never interact with them but the ones that do interact and are most vocal are the ones that are concerned about Volpe. Mm -hmm. i've been trying to walk people back from the ledge and yeah. and point out that you know rushman through his first 50 games last year hit 210 you yeah. know julio rodriguez when he first came up first month and a half stunk a lot of guys go through this. Now, the mechanical issues with Volpe are obvious. Like, you know, he's he's yeah. clearly stepping in the bucket. And there are tells. Like, I was mentioning this on my post-game show yesterday. There are tells that when you watch enough baseball, you can see that somebody has a result. Like, if somebody, for instance, is trying to pull an outside pitch, you'll see soft ground balls to the pull side. So if a righty's trying to pull a pitch that's outside, you'll see soft ground balls to short. Lefty, mm -hmm. you'll see soft ground balls to second. If a pitcher is opening up their front side too much and, and they'll be falling towards uh, the dugout opposite their throwing arm. So a righty would fall towards the first base dugout. Lefty would fall towards the third base dugout. Yep. There are tells. Volpe has a tell. Volpe hits a lot of soft choppers wide of the bag on third base, Correct. which means to try and get to that inside pitch, which has been giving him trouble, instead of getting the hands in and changing the angle of the bat, he's opening up his hips and trying to hit it normal, and he's getting the top half of it, and he's just hitting choppers, yep. right? So you watch somebody like Albert Pujols. That's the ideal way to handle an inside pitch. You keep that front side still. You adjust the, the swing plane, and you get yep. the hands. You almost take In. you almost take the knob of the bat to the ball as kind of like a uh, like a almost an optical illusion. They'll say hands to the ball, right? That's what you'll hear the hitting coaches say if you stand close enough and somebody's chopping them. You'll, they'll say hands to the ball. And so what he's doing is he's trying to do that, but he's 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 leading with his whole front side. So he's trying to get in on it, but he's opening up. If he corrects that, just that, he's going to take away that inside zone of the plate. And he will correct it because he's a smart yeah. player. Right, but he's, right, right. he's facing tougher pitching than he's ever faced in his life yep. by a long way. He only played three weeks at AAA. And for that, I'm giving him a longer breath of – of patience, you know, yeah. like you said, and I've said multiple times, mid July, he's still hitting 180. Go fix it in triple a maybe. Yep. You know, but you know, even if he hovers around 200, 220 for the first half and continues to make adjustments, continues to play hard, continues to be a threat on the bases. 
I want to see him get on base more. I want to see him walk more. But right now, guys are pitching to him because they yeah. realize they can pitch to him. So that's right. That's you right. need to take away that that inside pitch and somehow lay off that outside slider. Yeah, and that's one of the things right there that I've actually been telling a lot of people is, oh, Pete, but he's not walking no more. Well, guys aren't scared of him right now. They understand that Anthony Volpe's been an easy out, and yeah. they're going to pitch to him a certain way that they're reckoning. Look, if we're recognizing it, other teams are obviously recognizing what to do with Volpe. Yeah. Now there is one thing, and and I, I've I've my my um the way I feel about this has not changed at all. Is that I'm right there with you. I give him to mid July. If mid July comes around, we're past the All Star break. We're headed towards that deadline day, uh, August first, and Anthony Volpe is somehow still hitting under 200. You got a legitimate concern there to think. Is this going to help him or hurt him? Are we right. hurting him now, or are we are we still helping him? Is he still developing, or is it going to get so bad and negative for him that it becomes detrimental? Well, that's yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, we're being patient and we're stressing patience, but people at large in the stands are not going to be as patient. And, oh, as the weeks pile up and the strikeouts pile up, he's going to start hearing you're a bust. You're go back to AAA. Yeah. You don't belong yeah. here, and the younger a person is, the less confident they are in their abilities, the harder it is to bounce back from that. Correct. And here's the one thing that I have kind of, and, and people may say, well, this is a bit premature, but I, I don't think it is. And I think advanced scouts and a lot of people were correct about, I think Anthony Volpe's a second baseman. Oh yeah. And I'll continue to say that and say it. Um, and look before, when you talk about Anthony Volpe, by the way, you got to put disclaimers first because mm -hmm. you got to let people know I am not knocking Anthony Volpe, folks. This is just a logical eye test. And again, what scouts have been saying about Volpe for quite some time. And I'm not saying really nothing new here. I believe Anthony Volpe could certainly make it as a shortstop at the major league level. Do I think for a team like the Yankees that want to put their best players on the field and have the best chance to win, should he be the shortstop of this team? No. Hmm. Volpe should transition over to second base. When Glaber Torres' time is done, whether that is this year, who knows, whether that is in the offseason, who knows, Anthony Volpe should move to second base. Peraza, if they don't deal him, should be the Yankees' shortstop. The arms are not even comparable. Right. I don't even think the range is comparable. I think Volpe has good range. I don't think he has bad range. I just don't see this guy as an elite or very, very good defensive shortstop. I see a good shortstop. But a guy, I think that could be phenomenal at second base. You know, I I do think he's still improving at shortstop too. He's getting more comfortable. I see good hands a lot of times, but he messes up on some of that good exit velocity from the major leagues hitters that he hasn't seen before. He still has trouble on turf because he hasn't played many games yeah. on turf. But he's good around the bag. He's good at throwing from different angles. He's really good on the uh, slow roller. You know where you got to make yeah. a quick transition and and throw in. Uh, I've seen him make some nice throws on relays, but uh, more accuracy than arm strength at this point. You look at the uh, the arm strength, that's that's something where the sample size, once you get beyond a certain point, doesn't change the rating too much. You know, um, yep. he's – look, he just doesn't have a great arm. What's interesting is that Peraza continues to play shortstop at AAA, Correct. and that's something that we mentioned before the season – you know, that would be a tell to what the Yankees' plans were for him. Would they continue to play him at short and think of him as either 
you know, a potential backup for Volpe or a, uh, you know, somebody to take over for Volpe, mm-hmm. or would they play him at third base and start to transition him because you got Donaldson leaving the roster soon. You got LeMay, who's going to be 35 next year. It would make a lot yep. of sense to transition Peraza to third base. But, um, you know, I, I think there's a really strong possibility that it plays out how you said, where they essentially leave Peraza locked up in the minor leagues this year, waste away. And then in the offseason, Glaber's had a pretty good year. Maybe they move yeah. Glaber. And then next yeah. year, I think Volpe would be fine with moving to second base if you told him, hey, look, it's for the good of the team. You're our starting second baseman. You're going to play better there. I think he would be he's a good kid. He would adapt to that. You know, I can't you know, I can't I can't see him going to the minor leagues and be like, fuck the Yankees. You know? No, never, never. I don't see that at all. My my thing about him is he just looks like a second baseman. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. And people go, Well, what does that mean? Well, he looks like your Altuve, your Pedroia type. He's smaller. He got a weaker arm. He got great range. You tell that to anybody, you go, okay, where should he play in the infield? Second base. He doesn't have a great arm. He got great range. He got great instincts. Put him at second base. That's the best position for him. And that's just what I see when I look at him. And, and again, you see um, his updated Savant numbers. The, the crazy thing about Anthony Volpe is in the minor leagues, all you heard about Volpe was how good he goes to right field. Mm-hmm. We have yet to see that yet. And a lot of that has to do with what he's doing with that swing. Yeah. Is that he's not able to get to an outside pitch. When you're so wide open, what are you going to do with a good outside pitch? That's right. why the other day when he swung and missed at a slider way off the plate, he fell backwards because his hips were already open. So you're leaning for it and you're all off balance. It's like a boxer, right? When they go and he can't work on his back foot. Mm-hmm. Well, because he's flat footed. Right. So you don't have that. You don't have the balance of it. It's the yep. same thing for a ball player. If your footwork is wrong when you're swinging, that's what happens. You either you fall off balance. You should always remain in a good balance uh, uh, stance. He's falling off a of balance when he's swinging because he's so open early. So the outside corner is wide open. And like you said before, when he's getting inside pitches, he's also so open that he's chopping it. Yep. And look, as a young player, the first thing that major league pitchers try and do is work you hard stuff inside soft stuff away. That's, that's the, the traditional game plan uh, for a young player. And so right now he's struggling to adjust to that hard stuff. That's why you're seeing more hits on the left side of the field. He's picking up some hits, but he's also, um, you know, fouling off a lot of those pitches and then he gets that soft stuff away and he can't handle it. The way there's two ways that he's going to break out of this. He's going to have to either start inside outing some of those hard strikes that are inside and trying to you know push him up the middle into right field and pick up some soft hits that way, Jeter style. Yep. Or he's going to have to lay off them completely and look for stuff that's more out over the plate uh, and, and somehow lay off that breaking ball. Look, I, yeah. I, I'm confident that he'll figure it out. I'm not a major league hitting coach, so that's about as deep as I can go on it. <laughs> Facts. Uh, but, Facts. but uh, you know, I, I think that he'll – He's got the right people on board to help him. You know, Rizzo's a great hitter. Judge has turned himself from a 179 hitter his first two months in the major leagues or first three months to a 300 hitter. You know, yeah. these people understand the strategy. Look, we we watch the games, and, and I think most people watch the games, and they just watch the results. So that was a ground out. That was a pop out. That was a strikeout, whatever. But there's a game within the game. There's the pitcher-batter battle where pitchers are trying to work to a scouting report, hitters are trying to work to a pitcher scouting report, and it's a constant chess chess move. Right now, Volpe is a chess piece, right? He needs to become the chess player. He needs to start dictating those at-bats. And when he does that, like Judge does, 
like Rizzo does, then you'll see improvement. Yeah, and this is um uh we're gonna let me let me actually stick on Volpe for one more thing. I just wanted to bring this up because this is something that uh I brought up quite a bit in the offseason, which is something I was told about a lot, is and this was actually also in his MLB.com scouting report was that Anthony Volpe struggles with sliders and off-speed pitches. And Ruben, I'm gonna get Ruben also had a um, super chat that says Volpe has regressed in a big way on OAA as well. Outs there's a lot of average. metrics. There's a, there's a ton of metrics um, outs above average that that he has regressed in a lot. And if you look at and none of his none of his averages are going to be cute here because he's only hitting 188. But fastballs he's hitting 209 against off speed 143 sliders 171. And you do see here as of late that outside slider again is just something that Volpe cannot touch at the moment. So until he really gets his footing underneath him and he gets those mechanical issues right, I don't think you're going to see uh, a quick improvement here. I think it's just running him out there every day, him finding it, figuring it out, and then going on a run. He's the also been a little unlucky. Is, he has also been a little... There's been a... Like, the other day, he got the there was a diving catch in center field. That would have been a base hit. That was raw from him. Um... You know, um, he also done this in the minor leagues before where he gets off to a very, very poor start and then he turns it on. So let's hope that come the end of June, early July, we're looking at a guy that's hitting 210, 215, 220, and he's starting to put it together. Kind of the way Jason Dominguez is. He's almost up to oh. 210 now in double A. Yeah, 211, yeah, 211 after today. Yeah, yeah, he picked up a hit in an RBI today. Yeah, he's getting there. Uh, I've been he's asking some of, some of your guys about him, and I, I yeah. talked to uh, one scout who was at a couple of games last week. And he said essentially that um, they're pitching him very carefully and he's still mm-hmm. not swinging outside the strike zone, but he's seeing yep. so few strikes that it's 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 been tough for him. Uh, but he's also hitting some bad luck. He's hit some balls very hard that mm-hmm. have been caught. He hit one last week right at the second baseman that had like 112 mile an hour exit velocity yeah. and got caught. You know, I mean, that's just one of those things that, that it drags down your average over a, a, a smaller sample size like we have right now. But there's no question that he's coming around. And the power's there. Eight home runs, and he's hit them from both sides of the plate. So, uh, Philos Ramos says 282 yeah. with a 913 OPS in his last 11 games. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's what you want to see this time of year from those guys. Yeah, and he's he's really turned it around, too, as um, Austin Wells got back in that lineup. Gives him a little more protection. So, he yeah. really started to put it together here. And here's a new little update right here, too, by the way, from Aaron Boone uh, discussing Aaron Judge. Uh, is his toe going to land him on IL? Boone said, I don't know. At this point, we'll see how it is today, tomorrow, and the next day. That doesn't sound good. It doesn't I mean, sound good. And that's usually when Aaron Boone says something like that, folks. That I hate saying it, but that typically means he might be going to the IL. Um, I hate the, I hate that he said today, tomorrow, and the next day because that means he's probably not going to play. Maybe even come Tuesday. Also, you so, knew that that wasn't going to be like a consequenceless. I mean, he ran full speed into a freaking wall. What do you yeah, expect? Yeah. I'm surprised he's alive. <laughs> surprised he actually made it through that right i'm surprised there's not an aaron judge shaped hole in the wall with like a, just uh you know a, a a path of destruction on the other side of it would be absolutely i i still wanted i still wanted the wall to, to collapse i don't know if that would have landed like you said on the il but i wanted to see the wall collapse i like how it's gone from foot to toe though that's gotten yes. a little bit more specific next you know, it'll be nail then it will be uh adam yeah yeah well, you can x-ray a toe. If it's a toe that's hurting, you can do a very good 
x-rays and measurements on a toe. So I, yep. I'm guessing he's had x-rays because they're very quick. Most stadiums have them these days. But the Yankees like to just kind of like, and eh, just ignore something for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and then get the work done, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then, or maybe uh, have we, the work done and then have nobody look at it, you know? like that's, you know, <laughs> that, that That's regular Yankee baseball. But we do got the rubber match coming up today. It's going to be Domingo Herman versus a Bobby Miller, one of the top prospects for uh, the Dodgers for quite some time now. Bobby Miller, right-handed pitcher, 2-0, 1.64 ERA against German Sunday, 3-3, 3.98 ERA for Herman. What are you expecting from Domingo today without the good old uh, sticky icky? Uh, you know, ESPN game, he seems like the type of guy who would get fired up for that, just knowing his personality. You know, he's a guy who uh, isn't afraid to show a little bit of emotion mm-hmm. facing off against um, a rookie, but a, a pretty good one. I feel oh, yeah. like, um, you know, I feel like he's going to feel like he's the man he's competent. He, he should outpitch this guy. Look uh, without the sticky icky. I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, what type of pitcher he is, but last right. time he didn't have it and he went six plus and, and he looked good. Yeah. I think he gave up four runs, but I think he pitched better than the numbers indicate. Look, usually with Domingo, we can tell pretty early. Uh, he gets efficient outs, right? You, yep. So if he's got three innings and he's got 36 pitches and, and you know, no runs or one run, that means he's probably going to give you six innings, two runs, something like that. If yep. he's, you know, got 31 pitches in the first inning, even if they don't score, it's like, all right, keep an eye because he, he's not, he doesn't have it tonight. No doubt about it. In today's lineup, Gleyber Torres at second base. Anthony Rizzo at first, Giancarlo Stanton to DH, batting third, batting fourth, Willie, a big bang, Calhoun, and left. By the way, they got the worst outfield you could possibly have ever today. DJ LeMayu at third base, Bowers in right field, IKF in center field, Higashioka catcher and Volpe at shortstop rounding out the lineup. What's your thoughts on uh, Rake Bowers? Well, the swing... For a couple of weeks there, uh, did not look majorly caliber, but yesterday he connected on um, you know, a couple oh. of good pitches. And look, I mean, if he keeps hitting home runs, I'm going to believe in him more, but I want to see sustained success. Anybody can have yeah. a good day here and there. Yep. You know, Gary Sanchez would hit two home runs in a game every once in a while. I want to see somebody, I want to see somebody come up and hit 280 for a month from the left side with a little bit of power. Yep. You know, make the plays in the outfield. By the way, yeah, that is a terrible outfield. Cal Powers and IKF. That's one of the worst yeah. outfielders outfields in Yankees history. Defensively. It's got to be defensively, no doubt, because Calhoun's terrible. He can't even move. Bowers yeah. can't catch a ball to save his life. It got to be right in the air, right underneath it. And then IKF is just crashing into. Him. He's like a crash test dummy out there in the outfield. You got any pictures you could pull up of Willie Calhoun? Because I want to point something out. Yes, I Willie Calhoun to Willie me. Calhoun, let's see if we can pull him up. I just I have a comparison to make, and I want to see if you if you uh, see it the way I see it. <laughs> To me, right, let's do Willie Calhoun. Let's do Willie Calhoun Yankees. We're gonna yeah, get the most recent. That makes Willie yeah, Calhoun get the recent images pictures. here. All right. I'm sure, there's some on see. like Getty images and stuff like yeah, that. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. Okay. Jay Schmeezy right, saying I can't. There's an 89th percentile on outs above average. I don't buy it. That's one of those metrics. Okay. So Willie Calhoun to me looks like Oswald Peraza if he got fat. <laughs> 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 like too much time at the buffet. Like he showed up to camp over. Like that's exactly what I can he looks see like. It, I can see it a bit. I can definitely see it a bit. It's weird too, because he's one of those guys where it's like, bro, when you're like five foot seven, you really can't put on weight. No. Like because it just shows different than if you're six foot two. Yeah. Like it shows completely different. Oh, that's 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 not him. That he might be Aaron Hicks, but a shorter, fatter version. 
You know what? Every time I talk smack about him, because I don't know why, I just find him to be a good punching bag. Every time I do it, he rakes. So he's my pick to click tonight. Willie Calhoun going deep. All right, he's going. He's going with Big Bang Calhoun out there. And by the way, too, it's funny I brought up. Um, it's funny I brought up Aaron Hicks, who was actually performing very well for the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. By the way, go I mean, figure. Guys, gonna, you, know, you know, he didn't. He, he, what he's three for his last five or something with a double and yeah, yeah. The last walks, time playing. I checked, he was one for one today. So he's uh, you know, what are you gonna I'll, fucking I'll do, little... Pete? I mean, the guy couldn't hit. I mean, what are you gonna do? What there's you, nothing there's you can no, do. There's, there really is nothing you can do about it. This is what it is. What are you gonna do? Like you some said. guys just can't play in New York. That that's all. That's how I felt when Joey Gallo early. I don't know what his numbers are right now, but when he started off the season, he had like six home runs in the first ten games, and everybody's like, "Should have signed Joey Gallo." I'm like, if you sign Joey Gallo, he'd be one for fifty-seven right now. Yeah, he's back to being. He's back to being Joey Gallo okay. again, I believe. Uh, looking at the, the one thing, the funniest thing in the world is that. Aaron Hicks is now ahead of the Yankees in standings, though. <laughs> like, I mean, he, only, he, only he would do something like that. Uh, so looking at the standings right now, of course, the Yankees six and a half games back. Tampa in first at 42 and 19. Baltimore four and a half behind Tampa at 36 and 22. And then comes the New York Yankees, who are kind of right there right now, lock and step almost with the Toronto Blue Jays. And the Red Sox are, again, kind of falling a little bit out of things. Blue Jays have won four in a row. Any I still think they're pretenders. It together? I still think they're pretenders. I, their manager is is dog shit. He's a dick. Um, I just I they didn't impress me that much. I um I don't see them as a uh, fundamentally sound team. I see a lot of guys who are more concerned with like you know home run pimping and and like you know uh, smack talking than actual good hard baseball. You know who's my sleeper? The Orioles. I think the Orioles are a really good baseball team, and yeah. I think they're going to only get better. I made a video this this week about um, why I think the Yankees are contenders and why I think they're pretenders. So like five okay. reasons for each. And one thing I mentioned in both videos is that the Yankees are in striking distance of first place and they should be able to catch. And I got one or two comments that said, Yanks are six and a half back. How are they in striking distance? Guys, there's 110 games left yeah, or something. Six that, and a half that, is is, that is nothing. You can do that yeah. in a month at baseball. Easy. 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 No doubt about it. The Yankees are right there. I mean, I'll be honest. If I were to sit here and tell you I'm shocked the Yankees are where they are right now, I, I am. I mean, I'm 100% well. shocked where they are right now. I, I've given credit up and down uh, to, to everybody that deserves rightful credit for where the Yankees are right now. It's only fair. I, I will say this about Baltimore. They have a beautiful stadium, which we already know about. They also have a very loyal fan base in that area that, that wants to see this team win. Mm-hmm. I really hope they go out there and make some big trades. I think hmm. Bieber to the Orioles would be a very, very smart move. I don't think Shane Bieber is this elite number one anymore, guy like that. But man, oh man, if the Baltimore Orioles, who can really, if they want to say they could trade for any, they could trade for Otani. If they, they could trade for anybody. They just got that type of farm system. They got eight of the top 100 uh, prospects in Major League Baseball and more coming on that list as guys perform throughout the year. But I really hope they go out there and and kind of, do a little something different, maybe add a starting pitcher or two and, and see where this club could go. And and that's obviously not discrediting what the Yankees should go out there and do. But I, I do want to see that team kind of, you know, show that, hey, we got talent and we're, we're looking to try to win this thing. 
it's going to be a huge kick in the nuts when, uh, you know, Aaron Hicks has two really good months and then they flip him for like somebody really good that would have like a left-handed bat, like, you know, trade him for, you know, like a stud left-handed bat or something. Wouldn't shock me one bit. Or he ends up walking off on the Yankees or something like that. That would be hilarious. I, um, I, I, I may be in the minority here, but I, I don't see the Yankees making a lot of moves this year. They can't I just, really. They don't really have a lot of prospect capital. They don't really have a lot of room underneath that luxury tax threshold yep. that they don't want to go over. That's the Labor's problem. having a good year. I don't think they're going to unload him. You know, he's been one of their better hitters. Yep. I don't see them doing much. I I think if you yep. if you see him make a trade, it'll be for uh, like a Clay Holmes type, like a, a relief pitcher that you you know never heard of or that. Yeah. You know, has bad numbers, and then he comes over, and Matt Blake says, "Hey, don't throw your curveball," and then he's all all of a sudden a stud. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, and, and that that's the thing that you know we, we've we've been talking about that for a while is that they're at that threshold, so they're gonna have to make their mind up. Is it gonna be that we go with the young kids? Is you know, like you said, end of August, August seventeenth time passes, and Jason Dominguez is hitting. You know, maybe he's in AAA by that point, and he's hitting 254, 250, 240 even, and the Yankees go, that's that's the improvement we might need. It adds more balance. We feel he's ready for left field. Let's go with that. Maybe Peraza's playing third base. Maybe Peraza is playing, dare I say, very good at shortstop for the Yankees come end of August. Who knows? Nobody knows these things. You know, you don't really know, and, and the Yankees don't have a lot of room to spend money. Like I even brought up, I think Clay Bellinger would be a, a fantastic pickup. Yeah. But the problem exists there is what are the Yankees surrendering to either have the Cubs eat all that money and pay for more like they did with Joey Gallo? Do we offer a Everson Pereira, a Vasquez, and maybe another guy to have them pay down that money? It, it depends. And, and Brian Cashman is going to have to figure out a way to be a bit creative. And Cashman, I mean, good luck explaining that to Hal Steinbrenner. Hey, we could have signed him for for just money this offseason. Yeah. We passed, and now we got to trade a top prospect. Yeah. Uh, I don't see Cashman doing that, frankly. Uh, yeah. I would love to have Bellinger. I think he fits well at Yankee Stadium. Cubs are quickly circling the drain. Yep. I would love to see it, but I just don't think it's going to happen. And and back to Dominguez, um, you know, one thing that we know about the Yankees is they don't give a shit about batting average. They don't believe in stats, remember? 100% true. So if he start, I think if he's, I think the the tell for whether or not Dominguez is going to be in the major leagues is if he starts hitting home runs. If he starts yeah. hitting a lot of home runs in the minor leagues, not necessarily um, getting a lot of hits or hitting for a high average. If he gets around up around you know seven eight home runs in a month, then you might see it. I also believe if you see him called up to AAA come the end of July. Yeah. Around that time, maybe some point in July. If he's at AAA at some point in July, I think he's going to be up in the majors in August. Yeah. Look, um, they say like the biggest jump between our biggest jump in sports is AAA to the major leagues. But uh, to be honest with you, the better pitching prospects, in my opinion, are in double A. Double A, yeah. You know, at the major, at the AAA level, you get a lot of, you know, has beens and guys yep. hanging on, yep. you know, the Ryan Weber types, you know, those type of guys. Yep. I I feel like uh, Dominguez is seeing harder stuff now than he's going to see at Triple A. No seeing harder fastballs, he's seeing just um, more uh, just nasty breaking pitches. What you what he will see more of, and I think th- this is one reason that you could see his batting average go up. You see guys hitting for higher averages in Triple A, like Estevan Florial and and mm-hmm. and um, Peraza. 
is because they throw more strikes at AAA right. than they do at the lower levels. These are guys who are more polished. They just don't have that major league caliber arm or else they'd be in the major leagues. So, um, you know, I, I, I hope he's just starts launching, launching nukes. That's, that's, that's my best hope for, uh, Dominguez. Yeah, no doubt. Cause he has everything else, right? He's, he's walking, he's getting on base. He's hitting the ball hard. The exit velocity is there. Those are the things that the Yankees seem to be more concerned about. It's funny that you bring that up, man, because one of the things I always talk about when it comes to like the baseball savant page and the little, the blue man group, I always call it the blue man group if they're all blue. I'm like, well, this guy's part of the blue man group, so you, don't, you, know, you gotta be careful. That's good. I'm stealing that. But um, <laughs> when you when you look at a guy like today, I guess they put this out there. And it's like, well, well, how is he doing this? They talked about Luis Arise, and he's yes. blue. Like he has no exit velocity at all. And I'm like, well, it's the same argument I always made up about when I talked about Tony Gwynn Derek Jeter, these guys didn't tear the cover off of the ball. Hit them more they than had such great hand-eye coordination that they could just put the ball. When you put the ball in play, good things happen. It's common sense baseball. Bat control. So Bat I control, love it when correct. guys uh, like Rizzo choke up a little bit. Yes. You sacrifice a little bit of power, but bat control. It helps you get to some of those pitches that are maybe a little bit off the plate. Just kind of poke the ball because sometimes, you know, they'll even though the overshift has been eliminated, they will still shift you enough that you could sneak a ball through a, a mostly open side of the infield if you have good bat Facts. control. I want to see more of that. Let me let me just pull this up so everybody could understand where I'm what I'm talking about here. Uh Luis Gohara. That's not the guy I'm looking for. <laughs> Philo see. Ramos says Dominguez 46 games, 42 walks. That's pretty impressive for double A. Yeah. Advanced eye. Yep, no doubt about it. Dominguez got everything that he needs to be phenomenal. But bringing this up real quick, and this is, you know, I don't know how much of a chance the Yankees really had the trade for Luis Arise. I I know a lot of people, oh, it's a miss, it's a miss, it's a miss. I mean, I, I don't know. Look at all those dots. <laughs> I mean, but look at this, guys. I mean, look at the exit. This is what I just want to bring this up. And I think it's important to bring this up in this day and age where, you know, stat cast and exit velocities, oh, the guy doesn't hit the ball hard enough. Like, for an example, Derek, you, if you want to laugh at something, I, I, thankfully, I didn't go back and forth with this guy. And I'm getting better with that on Twitter of just leaving things alone and just moving moving past it because it's not worth it. Yeah. A guy was trying to tell me, Peraza doesn't belong in a major. He doesn't hit the ball hard enough. And I'm like, well, that home run was 108 miles an hour. That's an outlier. Oh, yeah. okay. So what is, I'm not saying that Peraza is Luis Arise, but why do we just pinpoint everything on exit velocity? Yeah. When it, it depends on the player, their approach. That guy also had a stupid take because he's got uh, Volpe's got above average exit velocity in the exactly. league. Exactly. You know, exactly. But but somebody made a great point last year when we were dealing with the uh, it might have even been you uh, that said, um, uh, "What's the exit velocity on the piss pitches that they missed that Joey Gallo yeah. was missing?" And you got to yeah. factor in the zeros. You right? Yeah. I feel mm -hmm. like that should drag it down. That like I feel like it's incomplete data. <laughs> you know. Well, the, and, the, and that's the great point of it, isn't it? That's the point I always make because people always assume that, oh, Pete doesn't – I love analytics. I love it. I mm -hmm. think it's fun to look at. I think it's interesting. But it's only part of the story. It's like when people bring up, oh, well, only batting average matters. Well, no. It's part of the story for that specific yeah. It's player. a data point. It's a data point. Exactly. When I'm like, That's like the argument. People are going, well, I'd rather have nine Joey Gallows than nine DJ LeMayus, even when <laughs> he was an MVP type player. No, you wouldn't. You would not. Trust me, you're not going to win as many games. The thing that so. made those great Yankee teams in the 90s and, and, and a lot of the great teams since is balance. I mean, one of the Damn best right. teams that we've seen over the last 
decade or so has been the 2018 Red Sox. They won 108 mm-hmm. games. Yep. What was that team? That was a team of contact and power, pitching, guys who could go deep into the games and a shutdown bullpen. That's all you really need. And defense. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I always bring up, you know, I, I think a great model for the Yankees going forward is that knowing that they have, you know, Austin Wells down there, Ben Rortvet, two lefty guys there, Jason Dominguez, a switch hitter, uh, potential targets out there that could be a left-handed batter, is all you got to do is look at that 9 lineup. The balance was ridiculous. Switch righty, hitters. lefty, a switch, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, switch. I mean, they had it so perfectly constructed. And like you said, they worked. Bat, pitchers were done by the fourth inning. Yep. They were at 100 pitches already. 90, 85, 86. They wore guys out. We look up sometimes when the Yankee games and go, this guy got 62 pitches. This is the sixth inning. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are they doing? It's like they got somewhere to go. Uh, and, and you know, it doesn't help that <clears throat> some of our better contact hitters like DJ LeMahieu are struggling. Struggling, yeah. You know, uh I feel like um, Rizzo's done better this year with contact than he did last year, so that's good. Yep. So has Glaber Torres, but uh, we still need more. I still think that I still think we're one really solid left-handed bat or switch mm. hitter away from being a complete lineup, at least one. I agree, and I, I've said this, and and I'll well end the show <clears throat> on this one, but I think that the Yankees are not a complete team yet. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity. And no, I'm not only talking about potential trades or anything like that. Um, I'm simply just talking about the minor league system. You know, guys that could impact this club. Austin Wells is a guy that could impact this club. He's been DHing a lot too, by the way. I want to bring it up because I noticed yeah. that. And I'm actually going to talk to Dane and Yankees Farm, Carlos, about that because I, I want to get their take on that. Maybe they'll they'll talk about it on the show come Tuesday. But I've noticed that a lot. They got him DHing a lot. Maybe that is... You know, I know the development as a catcher, I'm not saying anything like that. Maybe they're kind of getting them used to, hey, mm-hmm. here's what it feels like to DH. You know, here's how, how do you get that preparation going for yourself? What does that look like? And then, like we said before with Jason Dominguez, I think he has every chance to potentially break in with this club this time this year. The Yankees can't go out there and get an outfield. I'm sorry. I am not going to believe that they're going to enter a postseason with Willie Calhoun or Bowers as their <laughs> regular left fielder or IKF. I don't see that happening. It's all, if they're it's serious a, about winning, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean you're not beating the you're not beating the Astros with Willie Calhoun. I'm sorry, but uh, like we said, that, that means he's going to rake today. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's probably going to hit about two bombs today, guys. So <laughs> anyway, the game is getting ready to come up, guys. I'll be calling that game, of course. Derek will have the recap of that. We always got you guys covered. But uh, Derek, any last uh, words for anybody? Um, you know, if you believe in the power of prayer, uh, Aaron Judge. With the toe, just pray for Aaron Judge's toe. Yeah, pray for the toe of Aaron Judge, folks. Take some time, make a day-to-day, ensure there's a little prayer for the toe okay? Because <laughs> you don't want the toe to be damaged and beat up, all right? All right, guys, catch me on Game Season Live next. This has been another episode of Z at Designated Spitters. Until next time, guys, we are out. Buy your tickets for September 23rd. Going to play the video for you right now. Peace, guys. Talk to you later. Oh,
competition. But if you go against me, you the opposition. But if you want to tattoo it like you could close the distance, I'm going to give an A for effort since you're so persistent. Uh, with you, on this practice it. Because I'm back to back. Let's get back to winning. As a matter of fact, I'm not that forgiving. Because you did this to yourself. That's a bad decision.